Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Delaney. So what? This is the Keegan Odyssey. I don't know which episode it is. This might be the last one, actually. I don't know. We're kind of almost there. It says 89% of the book. Well, hang at. on a minute. If it, is, if it is the end, we haven't got a fucking clue what we're doing next. Michael I Owen, isn't it? I something. I think it was going no, to be Michael Owen. No, I've got a couple of other things, but we'll talk about that okay. off air. Well, all right, this is probably off air, but I, in the night, I woke up. I, I woke up, I don't often wake up at night, but when I do, what I tend to do is I, I'll immediately, I'll, I'll give it a few moments, and then when I think this isn't going to, I'm not going to go back to sleep, I reach mm. straight for my iPad and start reading the book, because if not, my mind will wander and I'll think all sorts of distressing things and start which to worry. Book, which book? The Michael Owen book? No, any, any book. book. I'm just saying, generally speaking, whatever book I've got on the go. And so, last last, on. last night I had a dream <laughs> yeah. that was really distressing. It woke me up. In the dream, I had taken <clears throat> acid with my <laughs> friend, David Whitehouse, right? I don't yeah. know. He's not someone I've ever taken acid with before. <laughs> He's he's not. So I don't know why he w- was in my dream as, a, as someone who we decided together, let's take acid. Hmm. It was so weird. So we we had this acid. I've never taken acid, by the way, in my life. Um, I've always been terrified of it. But in this dream, I was like, yeah. In this dream, I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's take acid. And so yeah, for, we both what taken. If you some, what if you don't come back? Do you know what I mean? I know. By the way, I've, I've just realised I am going into dream chat, which is banned. But anyway, so I'll keep it brief. <laughs> we took the acid, and then someone stole my bike. Three rough lads came and stole my bike because I was so confused oh. and on acid that I couldn't yeah. really stop them. And yeah. they took the bike. And then anyway, I woke up really freaked out by this dream. <laughs> oh, why did I take acid with David Whitehouse? And um, <laughs> I couldn't get back to sleep, so I finished my Andrew Ridgely book. And we will not be deep diving it because I have to say, as much as a fan I am of Andrew Ridgely and obviously Wham and everything else, I've got to say, mate, that it lacks depth. You could, there's not yeah. much to dive. You would, if you if you dived, you may well break your head on the fucking surface <laughs> of the pool because there's nothing to dive into. He literally just like if you've ever if you know anything at all about Wham like literally mm. if you've just read one you remember once reading an interview with Wham in Smash Hits in 1984 yeah. you, you basically have got this book already covered it's right. it's really peculiar it's all, he doesn't it, yeah. he doesn't have much to say. I mean the early years are interesting because it like how they were when they were both like hanging around in fucking Bushy yeah. which is a suburb of Watford and going down the pub and they yeah. were mates why well, I didn't realise they were mates with Shirley it wasn't like they were both mates and then they met Shirley from Petra and Shirley. The three of them were all best mates oh, from right, around okay. it because she was Andrew's girlfriend 
and um and that was the that's pretty much the only bit of like extra knowledge that I didn't have about Wham and George Michael that I got from the book. Does it does it read like a book written by a man who hasn't worked for thirty three years? Yeah, he just sort of <laughs> says stuff like uh, George never mentioned it explicitly, but I would imagine at this period he was struggling with his sexuality. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or and then he starts quoting other things, like he goes as George said at the time in an interview with Michael Aspel, and then he does a long quote that is a matter of public record, right? Right. And I'm thinking, mate, the reason anyone's bought this book is that you were George Michael's best friend and spent the most intimate times with him, so we're looking for insight about how you and he felt and thought at that time. What you're giving us is quotes from a fucking secondary source. Not a very thin gruel, then, is it? Yeah, it's a bit... I mean... Uh, if you're really into Wham, read it anyway because you yeah. know it's it's interesting in parts. But I just, I just felt mm. disappointed that it didn't have more depth or stuff that I didn't know before. So you you just said there that you've just finished it. So does that mean that you're in the market for a new book to read? A little bit. I've got a couple lined up, but I'm open. To, I'm always open there. to offers. Yeah. I'll stop you there, Elton yeah. John. Yes. Now I have that on my Christmas list. Oh, have you read this book? I'm into it now. Maybe I won't wait then. Maybe I won't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Get it now. Okay. All right. I'm going to start it today because that, for me, that is my type of book. I mean, any, like, a rock star memoir, I fucking, they're like catnip to me. So obviously, the Elton John one, I was really excited by, and I thought, I'll wait. I'll wait and I'll ask for it for Christmas. But now you've said that, I'm just fucking getting it on the the iPad. It's not like it's had a dull life or anything. It's, uh, It's honest, it's candid, it's frank, it's funny. It's very, very good. Oh, fucking hell. Get into it That's now. That's getting red. Maybe we should deep dive that. Nah, a bit weird to deep dive Elton John. It's not diveable, I don't think. It no. just needs to be taken, you, you know. You just have on to a, enjoy a, it in your own, own time, level. your own space. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So anyway. Let's crack um, on with Keegan. Yeah, I think that, that the few minutes that we've just done there has probably meant this probably won't be the last episode of Keegan. Well, but, let's just uh, try whatever. and hammer it out. Yeah. It, he's, all right, he's resigned from Newcastle. Right. Um... I knew it was going to be big news. There was talk of fa- fan protests. Um, the fans had not changed, but the club had. Terry McDermott was distraught. I'm distraught! <laughs> I'm distraught about this. And he told me he would resign as a matter of principle. I'm going to resign as a matter of principle! <laughs> uh, I told him to sit tight. No, sit tight, Terry. Sit tight. Okay, I will. I'm going to sit resign. tight. <laughs> I'm going to sit tight, Kev. <laughs> Uh, yes, I know. Like well, you that's just what said. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. But there's only so long I'll sit tight, and after that I might start threatening to resign on principle again. <laughs> Actually, I'll probably just sit tight and wait for a payoff. Yeah. He um, fucking sat tight in the bloody intervening 12 years or however long it had been since yeah. Keegan had fucked off. Well, he went away, but then he came back again, didn't he? He got brought back in by one oh. of the interim managers. I can't right. remember who it was. But um, I brought in Chris Hewton as part of the backroom staff. It must have been tough for him too. Well, Chris Hewton sat tight. He took the job on, didn't he, eventually? Yeah. Um, Terry was called in the following week and they paid him off. <laughs> they paid me off, Kev! <laughs> I'm glad I sat tight, like you said. It's back to the baggage for me, Kev. With money like this, I might even be able to start buying cow meat instead of horse meat. <laughs> Things are looking up. 
Because now, since I were in the burger game, the whole landscape's changed. It's all about artisan and organic now. You can't get away with knocking out frozen horse burgers no more, you know. you got to get that Kobe beef. Kobe beef, like all of them American superstars I think it's made out of a special type of dog. <laughs> Um, after that I started the long and difficult process of filing a claim for constructive dismissal and preparing to take Newcastle to an independent arbitrational panel lovely Um, I don't know if that's going to make for interesting reading but um, Newcastle launched a counterclaim for £2 million citing a breach of contract Um, stories began being leaked Newcastle had friends in the media. David Craig, Sky's North East correspondent, was one of their go-to men. Oh, so dropping David mm-hmm. Craig into it there as being yeah. a, a patsy of the uh, the Newcastle regime. That pig. <laughs> Fat David Craig, I call him. Fat <laughs> pig cunt. <laughs> that was our cold word for him that me and Terry Mack and Gene knew between us. FBC. <laughs> Because we wouldn't say his name out loud, but you knew who we were talking about if you said FPC because you knew we were talking about Fat Pig Cunt. <laughs> uh, one story came out, if I won my case, it threatened to bankrupt the club. Anyone with a modicum of common sense would have known where that leak originated. They were people trying to drive a wedge between myself and the supporters. How was he going to bankrupt the club? How much did they think he was going to win in his constructive dismissal that would bankrupt a multi-million pound Premier League organisation. Yeah. For fuck's sake. I'm going to sue them for a billion pounds in lost earnings. Uh, <laughs> I won't take a penny less. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the the kiss was certainly for a lot of money, but that was a problem Newcastle had made for themselves. And if I had lost, it would have bankrupted me. Oh. Blimey, the stakes are high. Uh, it took a year before the tribunal was heard. heard. I had meetings with lawyers that would last a full day and leave me drained. Oh, Jane, I'm drained after that today. Absolutely drained. Let's go. Let's jump in the car and drive for ten hours in the middle of the night. Red hot content. I couldn't. I couldn't understand why they hadn't settled out of court when they had the chance. They must have something up their sleeve, the lawyers would say. But there was nothing up their sleeve. The club just didn't want to back down. They had no sleeves. <laughs> Um, it was a difficult, gruelling experience. I would never know how Dennis Wise, with absolutely zero shame, could possibly think on the day he was given evidence that I would want to shake his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to shake me head, Kev? <laughs> no, I do not, thank you very much. Why not? <laughs> Don't be like that. Oh, that's sad. That's sad, Kev. I can't imagine why you won't. Yeah, well, work it out, you little tyke. <laughs> it's just a hand. You little bastard. Ah, <laughs> oh, don't be like that, kid double K. <laughs> LPC. Is it because I made little... you sign them players? <laughs> little pig cunt. <laughs> yeah. You're like a little fucking suckling pig. He says the case had been festering for a year and there he was, hand stretched out, trying to greet me like an old friend. Dennis, I said, looking him straight in the eye, I don't want to shake your hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Would you like more from your Top Flight Time Machine experience? If so, subscribe now to the Iron Filing Society, our Patreon subscription thing, which will only cost you three quid plus VAT each month. Sam, tell them what you get. 
you get an uh, exclusive episode of uh, one of the deep dives, which at the moment is the Melchester Odyssey, in which we go through the whole of the 80s annual of uh, Roy the Rovers. You get your Kevin Keegan deep dives a week in advance. You get all your other episodes, usually a good eight hours before the other cunts who can't and be bothered th- forking out. all of those advert-free as well, free of adverts such as fucking this one. And you get the knowledge that you're helping to contribute towards this podcast continuing. Because if we don't get enough subscribers, we're fucking it off. Yeah, just remember, we don't do this for the fun. So go to tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings to find out more. And subscribe at patreon.com slash machine. Fucking do it. Three quid. You can't fucking go wrong. Red Hot Contents. In the end, the three-man panel didn't need long to realise how lopsided all the evidence was. Their verdict was crushing for Newcastle because it said, in short, the tribunal accepted my interpretation of events rather than the arguments made by the club. Um, but it was I was sad that it had gone that far and appalled by some of the stuff that had come out. So there we are, that's that. Um, Dennis Wise made an argument it was not out of the ordinary for the kind of deals that let like the Gonzales loan... Yeah. Where they were parking the plane. It's not out of the ordinary. Spurs is doing it. Happens all the time. <laughs> what was his name, the, the manager of Spurs that he kept refer- referencing? Andy Ramos. He does Andy Ramos does it. May the court call us our next witness. Andy Ramos out of Tottenham. <laughs> now, no, unfortunately, uh, it could be it today, so I've made a little puppet. Andy Ramos puppet. A little talk for him. <laughs> I'll get him to say what I imagine Randon Ramos would say. Mr. Wise, this is not how it works. You can't just announce any game. Dennis Wise thinks that in court you can call a witness by shouting his name at a door and it's like a magic door and that door will open and the person will just come, come in. in. I summon. I su- like when you're summoning people, you yeah. know, using a Ouija word. I summon forth to the witness stand. One day, Ramos. I summon I summon forced to the witness stand as my character witness. Sam, a man. <laughs> Why aren't they uh, coming through? That bloody door's not working. Someone stitched me up here. <laughs> According to Dennis, the Leeds chairman, Ken Beart, another man of good character, uh, approached him one day to suggest they offered a boy of 17 a professional contract. The boy wasn't good enough to be a footballer, but that plainly was not the most important detail as far as Leeds were concerned. (laughs) The boy's father had a successful business and a lucrative deal had been arranged for that company to sponsor Leeds on condition they signed the boss's son. Oh, my God. Well, that that takes me back to St. George's. I I told you about that, about my teenage club. I probably better not name names. But my, well, not even teenage adolescent, but the local travel agent sponsored our shirts and yeah. lo and behold, the week that the new shirts arrived, the son of the travel agent was given the captaincy of the team. Fucking hell. Stinks was to it high Thomas heaven, did not it? No, it was a local independent. Okay. Is it still thriving? Have they gone bust? I don't know. I think I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I won't wish sponsor- ill upon them, but, I mean, it just didn't send the right messages out. I mean, the mm. lad, I've got to say, he was a nice lad and he was a good footballer. Was he captaincy material, though? I don't know. Were he, you he in the frame he, to no, be the captain? Well, I was nowhere near, mate. I couldn't even make the team most weeks. Remember, 
I can't remember if this is before or after the incident with Church Boy. Remember when he had to yeah. go off to church at half time and I came on from the crowd in my civilian in your, trainers. In your, in your street shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that I mean, that story alone should tell you how far away I would have been from consideration for the armband. <laughs> Fair enough. So you were obviously riddled by bitterness. Okay. Um, yeah, the boy was never named, but Wise made it clear he was happy to go along with his sham. I said to Ken, he won't play in the first team. He won't play in the reserves. Is that okay? And Ken said, okay. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you understand, L. Kev? It's a stitch-up. It's a caper. <laughs> It's a lovely little tickle. It's what we Cockneys do, see? We do it for the fun of it. There ain't really a point beyond the idea that you're getting one over on some other cunt. Come on, Kev. Join him, won't you? <laughs> We're all going to get fat and giggly off this. Come on. Uh, the case hinged on whether the club had gone back on their word I should have the final say on transfers. Uh, Ashley's view was that it should have been blindingly obvious from the start that I never had that privilege. Yet Chris Mort had openly stated in the mag Newcastle fanzine that the final decision on signings would be mine and that Wise and Jimenez were there to recommend players before I had the ultimate say-so. That's quite bad that he said that, you know, and then they're trying to bring that to court and say he never said that. Yeah. That's not, yeah, you know, I courts, mean that... courts look at stuff like this, don't they? That's what they're for. Well, hang on a minute. What, it's called evidence. What is it, what's it called when you lie in court? Perjury. Perjury? Isn't it perjury what he's done? Uh, possibly, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of perjury. You know, we all asked my perjury. brother Cass about this, yeah. He, Casual he's perjury. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Casual perjury is a good name for a band, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> when we start up our art pop band, we should be called Casual Perjury. We'll do it. Write mm. it down. Put it on the list. So that interview took place during Kevin's first week at Newcastle. Um, the headline was, I'm here to help Kevin. He has the final word. Um, that's actually an interview with Dennis Wise, I think. So Dennis Wise had said that it was all Kevin's decision on who would be signed. And that's kind of not what happened. So constructive dismissal. Yeah. <laughs> Newcastle were taking their supporters for fools. One interview, ticked off by the club, had Ashley describing a 2-0 win against Sunderland as his favourite moment at Newcastle so far. Uh, it wasn't, he told the tribunal. It was when we beat Spurs 4-1. If you want to refer to dealing with the media as lying, then I would say yes. But I don't think it's lying in the true sense of the word. <laughs> <laughs> I told a lie, but it was a lie to the media, so yeah. it's all right, because that's what when they it, do. When you talk about lies, you've got to look at it in context. Who was the lie to? <laughs> If you're lying to someone who's a notorious liar, like the media, well, it doesn't count, does it? Two negatives make a positive. <laughs> See? No Two further wrongs questions. make a right. Work it out, Your Honour. <clears throat> no further <laughs> questions, Your Honour. You're not allowed to say that, Mr Ashley. Yeah. Anyway, I call forth to the witness stand, Magnus Pike, who will settle this once and for all. <laughs> I summon Magnus Pike. Ah, oh, that bloody door's broken again. He's not coming in. <laughs> well, who have you got out there, then? How about I summon the second cleverest person I can think of after Magnus <clears throat> Pike, John Fashionu. Jalapeño. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jalapeño. Here is possibly my favorite paragraph from this entire book. I'll read it verbatim. Yeah. If it wasn't such a tragedy that Newcastle were being run this way, it would have made a great sitcom. Dennis, it transpired, used to keep his notes in a diary with This book belongs to Mr. Wise, written on the front cover. No! <laughs> Even his own barrister seemed amused, describing it as being like a child's exercise book. <laughs> <laughs> the secret oh diary of goodness. Dennis Wise. Yeah. This book belongs to Mr. Wise. Do not open! Contains 42 and a half! Here is a list of birds what I fancy. Don't tell everyone, especially not my wife or my mates. I've done it in a secret code what I came up with, and I've written it backwards and upside down. There are numbers next to each name based on amount I fancy them, chance I've got of getting off with them, and other categories. <laughs> yeah, all right, one of them's fingering, but you don't need to know that. Fingerability, I call it. That's the category. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's out of six, right? And ones, they're not very fingerable, and six, they are highly fingerable. Really fingerable. <laughs> <laughs> I made it out of six because six sounds a bit like sex. <laughs> and also, my mate Tony told me that he once fingered a bird with six of his fingers, and it was the best... <laughs> Best sexual rush you can ever get off of a woman. And he said that if you do that to a girl, then she'll love you forever. Ah, man. Um, so, yeah, Dennis Wise exercise book. Um, the panel described the club's explanation for everything as profoundly unsatisfactory and the verdict was damning. Blah, 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 blah. Newcastle were ordered to pay me £2 million plus interest as well as costs with the panel condemning the club for repeatedly and intentionally misleading the press, public and the fans of Newcastle United. Noting how the loan deal for Gonzalez cost nearly £1 million in wages for a player who was not expected to play in the first team. 
So there we go. Um, let me stress, says Kevin, no rules have been broken, as was made clear in the tribunal. But can you ever remember a deal that looked worse? How were no rules broken? Surely there's got, there's got to be something. It's, it's, it's fucking madness, isn't it, that that's allowed to happen? So much money is forked out by a football club to park a, fl- a footballer who's never, ever going to play. Well, I suppose it's just business, though, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, I, I often think this with... Um, I sort of think it's a sport and it's got its own internal rules. But, you know, the, the in terms of the actual law, the laws of the mm. land, there are lots of things that happen that might seem peculiar in the context of the rules of football. But actually in the context of the laws of the land, are perfectly reasonable. Because that's how you get things like... That's why the Bosman ruling had to come about. Because there would have been a time where you go, oh, that player is registered with, let's say, Sunderland. He can't move to another club. It's outrageous. You can't do it. Until someone sticks their hands up and says, why the fuck not? I'm just a human being. Just because I'm playing football doesn't mean I should have any less rights. And these guys are doing... Yeah, it's not good for the football club. It's It's arguably not good for the players. But things like that happen in business all the time. They are, after all, merely bloodstock, Andy. Did you sign up various writers at Heat Magazine and then just park them because it was good for the business? Would you have done that? Um, No, but I have been in situations in other places where people get hired and sometimes they're not hired. You know, it's... The reasons people get hired sometimes are, are, that don't make any rational sense. Sometimes people, for instance, I've worked at like places where one company will poach a big sort of name or executive from a, for another company mm. just for the sake of depriving the other company of that person, yeah. just just for the coup. And then I, a couple yeah. of months pass by, and the geezer who's moved or the woman that's moved realise that they don't actually have a job. They're just yeah. there and the moment's gone because it was all about sticking fingers up at their opposition. So shit Jesus. happens, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I'm just a simple northern man. I don't understand these things. But well, we I suppose in your context it would be like, say if you decided to steal some of your neighbour's ferrets, right? Mm. But the, And then you caged the ferrets, but you had no intention of either racing them or... or getting them to fight or fighting them, or even having them run up your trouser leg. You yeah. just had them in your garden because you knew that they may accrue value and you could yeah. then sell them on. I and mean, I suppose that's the closest a, like, analogy to your life. And it would act as a psychological blow as well. To the neighbour. Yeah. To the neighbour. Yeah, it makes sense yeah. now you've said it like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. What you need at a successful football club is harmony. All I had at Newcastle was the opposite. An illegal battle that scarred me so badly it changed my feelings towards the game I had always loved. That was the legacy of my second managerial spell at Newcastle. Lies, broken promises, scheming, infighting, backstabbing and gut-wrenching realisation that I was being taken for an idiot. Yes, write all that down, writer Kev. (laughs) Fucking hell. It drained my enthusiasm and left me questioning my attachment to the sport. If this is football now, I thought, I don't want any part of it. Which is kind of what we said, wasn't it, in the last episode. This is Kev thrived in an era where football wasn't as cynical and when there wasn't as yeah. much money floating around in it. And uh, you it know, just the game has run away from him. The, the, the cut and thrust of it all. It, it, it had become an uglier and more complicated game. It, it lacked the purity of spirit that is synonymous with Kevin Keegan. And that is why we haven't seen him come back since. Yeah. So now we're into the last chapter, which is called Good Times, and it just kind of oversees everything that we've had. 
so far. It says, uh, it wasn't pretty, was it? If it's left anyone wondering whether it soured me against Newcastle United or changed the way I regard the beautiful game, I must reiterate that good memories will always outweigh the, the bad ones. But I won't allow it to take the happier times and it doesn't change the fact I feel privileged to have made a life from the sport I would have played for nothing. And then it, it's a nice kind of ending to it because he, he goes through the whole story right from the beginning. Uh, being a young boy in South Yorkshire, Sister Mary, um, I remember, of course, it, it, Give him oh, that school report. Fuck me, we've been doing this right a long time. Sister Mary. Mary. Yeah. yeah. It's taken us a year to deep dive Kevin Keegan's book. Yeah. What does that tell us? Is it? Did it tell us about me and you just not being capable of staying focused on a job? We're not serious men, no. Or, or also, just, but it probably says both things. It's a bit of that, but also the fact that we were right to deep dive this book because it is so rich yeah. in, in 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 content and an anecdote and emotion yeah. that you know you it do, it does stand up to a lengthy scrutiny, doesn't it? And he he does. He goes back through the highlights. He says it was a stroke of fortune. My colleagues at Pegler's Brassworks in Doncaster didn't think more highly of my football ability when I started my first job after leaving school. Fred Leatherland. Yeah. Um, you shit, Keegan. You never amount to nothing. You know, if they hadn't promoted him from the second team, he wouldn't have played in the game where Bob Nellis offered him the trial at Scunthorpe United. Yeah. You know, it's it's all... It's not preordained, or is it? No. Who knows? Maybe it is. But all these little quirks of fate that have happened. He says, when I look at the faint scar beneath my right eye, I'm reminded I wouldn't have got that far if on one of my many excursions to Doncaster's Hyde Park, when I tried to recreate my own King Harold moment with a bow and arrow, the impact might have been a few millimetres higher and I would have lost my fucking eye. I wouldn't yeah. have been a footballer then. Well, Gordon Banks didn't lose his eye till after he retired. Yeah, but Keegan's the sort of man who could overcome anything. I could imagine him being like England's first one-eyed captain. England's first pirate captain. Yeah. Some countries, like your Bulgarians, your Romanians... Um, yeah, they they've had loads of one-eyed players. So there's yeah, some teams so. who, who've had no-eyed players. Yeah, like but these are like those sort of teams in Southeast Asia that don't really compete on the global stage much. Above anything else, this is a beautiful bit. Above everything else, I will always consider how lucky I was. I went down to the Ledger Fair with my friend Phil Niles when we saw two girls shouting and screaming as they whirled around on the waltzes and they didn't mind too much when we began to laugh at them. They even found some of our jokes relatively amusing. When boys being boys, we set about trying to impress them with a non-stop barrage of humour. Come on, I was nine- come on, <laughs> let's subject them. Oh, I like the look of them. Let's subject them to a non-stop barrage of humour. <laughs> One, two, three, go! <laughs> uh, I was 19 at the time, Jean Woodhouse was 16, and when we started courting, it was nearly three months before I came clean and told her I was a footballer. Oh! That's that. That's lovely. Oh, until that point, I had said I worked at the Steelworks in Scunthorpe because I didn't want her to think I was acting the big I am. Oh, I'm a steel man. worker. Good job she didn't ask you any questions about steel working. <laughs> you would have been exposed. This what is what heat I tell people I'm, do you need this, to melt the steel at? <laughs> oh, yeah. any heat will do, really. Once you get over, like, 100 degrees, just, it's, a, just you know... Quite, quite hot. It starts to melt when it's quite hot, and it then... It just needs to be just, fucking hot. If it's hot enough that you can feel the heat on your face, even if you're holding the flame, like, a yard or two away, then it's probably hot enough. What we generally say in the steel game is, the hotter it is, the more it'll melt, you know, <laughs> and it's just kind of... You make it up as you go along. 
Gene, I've got a confession Gene's to make. Like, All right, you check out. <laughs> Sounds Gene, legit. I've got, a, I've got a confession to make. I'm not actually a steel worker. I'm a professional footballer. Oh, bye bye, Kevin. Actually, <laughs> You've turned into one of them fellas. It, in many ways, it is similar to the plot of Flashdance, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> by day, I was a steel worker. By night, a glamorous footballer. Jean accepted my explanation, and after meeting on the waltzes, I'm glad to say she's been going round with me ever since. Oh, oh bless. She, he says, I still remember Jean giving me a sad love record, Diana Ross's Remember Me, when I signed for Liverpool. I told her I had no intention of forgetting her. She yeah. wrote every day, posting the letters from her way home from school, and we often met in Manchester on Sundays. Oh, this is lovely. For a quick bonk up. No, that's horrible. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that out, Sam. Don't worry, because that makes you look bad. Yeah, but, I mean, it is a lovely love story, isn't it? You can tell that comes through pages. He doesn't wax lyrical regularly throughout the book about his love for Jean, but I think it comes across naturally, doesn't it? Because she gets so many mentions and she's so integral to everything. Of course. Another little twist of fate as well that that made good things happen. Uh, I went down on one night to pop the question on her 18th birthday in the summer of 1972, but we never really talked about a date until my 11-game ban for the Charity Shield scrap with Billy Bremner opened the window of opportunity. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Makes you think maybe that's why he did it. Yeah. Because you hear about those players getting sent off purposefully before Christmas, don't you? Yeah. So exactly. they can have Christmas yeah, off. Maybe that's Christmas what he off. did. And he thought, it's going to have to be something big if we want to fit a honeymoon in as well. It's going to have to be something like, <laughs> I don't know, an 11-game ban. I know. I'll swing a few punches in, at Wembley at Billy Bremner. <laughs> Which of these Leeds players is most likely to fight back and amplify <laughs> the situation and get me a longer ban? Bremner. <laughs> it talks about the wedding day. I scrubbed up quite well myself in a specially made white leather suit with huge lapels and even bigger bell bottoms. Fuck off. A leather, white leather, <laughs> white leather suit. suit. Wow. Yeah. He says, life shows no sign of slowing up and nor would I want it to. Winston Churchill was 66 when he began his second term as Prime Minister. There's still plenty for me to do, plenty of places to see and plenty of work to be done. I'd love to see more of him. I'd love to see more of him just... Do you think he's hinting there that he could see himself as um, Prime Minister one day? Possibly. That wouldn't be a bad thing, would it? You know, if... I mean, the way things have gone, not to get too trite and satirical, but there are madder things than Kevin Keegan being Prime Minister. I think Gary Lineker fancies it, so why not Kevin Keegan? There's a there's a host of footballing stars who I would currently like rather have in number ten than Boris Johnson or many other people. I mean, you know, yeah. Keegan. A lot of the former. I mean, I think Roy Hodgson could probably do a decent job. Yeah. Steady the ship. I mean, there's just people in foot. I'd, I'd rather that Paddy McGuinness was running the country than Boris Johnson. Yeah. Or Nick Knowles. Pff, I'm not fussed. <sighs> Nick Knowles um, getting his guitar out at the old yeah. EU. It says, uh, my diary is mostly filled now with company days and various other functions where I give motivational talks and presentations. You know one of the cunters has spotted a Kevin Keegan motivational talk event in the Brighton area when we're there for our live show. Really? I I do think it is worth us investigating ticket prices. They'll probably be high, but we might be able to... I think it's one of those ones you have to get a table. So if we can get like a bunch of other canters to join us, right. I'm okay. I'd, I'd really enjoy that. I think it's at Sussex Cricket Club. 
Okay, look into that and see if it's, if it's logistically possible. Just give me the yeah. dates and I'll do the logistics. Yeah, okay. Um, one of the other things he talks about on his um, presentations and his company days is that famous performance on Superstars when I showed I was a far better footballer than a cyclist. And he mm-hmm. says, we haven't properly covered that crash yet. We haven't, no. He didn't. He Weird. skipped over yeah, that. because he's annoyed that that's one of the things that people remember. Yeah, but he stuck it in this final chapter. Mm. The race against the Anderlecht captain, Gilbert Van Binst. Of course, who could forget that it was against Gilbert Van Binst? That sounds like a Leniverse name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was I was going like the clappers to get to the first corner and ended up clipping his back wheel to send myself flying across the track. Superstars was great fun, taking on all these different sports personalities and without any practice, having to go at kayak, table tennis, weightlifting, shooting at the renowned Bisley Range, cycling and running. We got to shoot guns without any practice. It was brilliant. <laughs> I collapsed over the finishing line as the winner uh, in the steeplechase. $2,000 richer and toasted my success with a flute of champagne. Oh. What people didn't realise was that on the way home, I suddenly didn't feel well and I pulled over at Newport Pagnell Services very soon, I was out for the count. Jean called an ambulance. I was on a drip for three days in Northampton General Hospital. Fucking hell. Not another fucking... Superstars wouldn't happen today, would it? No way. You know you what I mean? The insurance. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, I was invited to an international heat in Florida and fancied my chances, but Jean, the sensible one, put her foot down. I don't hold any resentment, which is why I'm bringing it up again now, almost 40 years later. And then he goes on and he talks about Zisco and Gonzalez, those two players he was made to sign, and what happened to them afterwards, which is a little bit bitter. Um, he, he crows over the fact that Dennis Wise fell out spectacularly with Tony Jimenez and mm. ended up suing him over a £500,000 investment in a French golf course. So that's I'm nice. I'm suing nice, you happy ending, over £500,000 investment in a French golf course. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for Newcastle, it's still Mike Ashley's name above the door. He's the only one left from what the fans used to call the Cockney Mafia. And his popularity on Tyneside can be gauged by the various banners the supporters held up before a game against Burnley at St James's Park in January 2018. Together, the banners read, Don't ever give up on your club. Keep supporting it. It's your club. And trust me, one day... Blah, 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 blah. The quote was one of mine from an event in the North East with the club supporters. And needless to say, I had the last laugh. (laughs) Up yours, Ashley. (laughs) <laughs> and up yours, Fred Leatherland. TTFN, Electric Mouse. And then he talks about being part of the phone hacking scandal from the News of the World and all that kind of thing. So I guess he's had a little payout from that as well. Uh, and then one last story says, A chance to thank the kind person who noticed me on a crisp December morning in 2017 sitting on a wall just down the road from Chelsea and Westminster Hospital and didn't want to pass without having a word. Kev's fourth grandchild was in the new arrivals unit and the previous night I'd been out to wet the baby's head with his father, John, and I was feeling a touch delicate. Oh, Kev's been on the beer. Uncharacteristic of him. I hadn't had a shave and there'd been a few complications around the birth that meant Jean and I had stayed down longer than planned, but life was good. I started looking at all the congratulatory text messages to Grandad. I put my phone away and sat in peace, lost in my own thoughts, thinking again how great it was to be alive. It is great to be alive, isn't it? That's what I've come it brought from this book. Yeah. yeah. I was starting to feel drowsy, wondering whether I could get away with closing my eyes for a few minutes. Never sit on a wall and have a sleep. That never ends no. well. Why? Fucking hell. I uh, think I'll just have a sleep on this wall. Hey, Jean said, remember what happened to Humpty Dumpty? 
<laughs> I was starting to feel drowsy. Uh, I became aware that a man had stopped in front of me. I had my head down, hunched into my collar, so all I saw at first were his shoes. But then he leant over and pressed something cold and hard into my hand. Blimey. Here you go, mate, he said in a friendly voice. Go and get yourself a coffee. It was a one-pound coin. Hey, I'm not a tramp, you cheeky cunt. I said. <laughs> I'm Kevin fucking Keegan, you twat. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I walloped him one right in the cobblers. <laughs> I punched him in the cock. <laughs> well, no, he says, it was a one-pound coin, and when I did indeed buy myself a coffee later that morning, I was still chuckling. I took a pound from a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> I said to myself, one fucking pound wouldn't even buy one of them little espresso ones they have in London. <laughs> and that is the Keegan Odyssey. There it is. What, what have Done. you learnt? What have you learnt? That life's good. It is, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And no matter what adversity comes in front of you, you can overcome it with determination and humour mm. and um, just that will to that will to win. Uh, if, some, if some Yugoslavs call up asking you to record a single and you've got your suspicions, just f- go fuck it and go with it because nothing ventured, yeah. nothing gained. Yeah, that's, and another, also, that's another good everyone lesson, yeah. should spend a, at least a year or so of their lives living in Germany. Because the people yeah. are super friendly. Yeah, and you can get you some cheap meat. Yeah. For your dogs. And the cunt and sprinkle out there is absolutely off the scale. Top notch. <laughs> there we go. Um, it feels Thank- a bit odd that it's over. It is, yeah. Thanks but for listening, is. everyone. I don't know yeah. if we have any instructions for you, um, other than stay tuned to find out the big reveal of what our next deep Watch dive will be. The next, I would say the next deep dive is going to be... Um, IFS exclusive in the way the Melchester is and the, yeah. the, it won't go free to wear for nine months so it's another incentive to sign up for more exclusive content yeah if you if you want to continue to have a regular um, Wednesday Top Flight Time Machine experience an episode the only way you can get it going forward um, will be to sign up to IFS for just uh, £3 a month so yeah. you can do that, and you'll get, and and also you can sign up to our uh, newsletter, which is free. Yeah. Uh, tinyletter.com slash tftm. As always, subscribe or perish. That's mm. the mess. That's the true lesson that we've learned from this book. I think. Absolutely right. Yeah. Until next time, keep yeah. it canty. TTFN. There we are. Cracking out. Keegan's dead, mate. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.